Many people who choose to go and do a degree do so because they have a passion for whatever it is they want to study. It's something that they've been good at at school or good at at college or it's something that they just really, really want to do. And then when they get there and they start doing it, they start realizing the thing that they love, they still love, but it's more a hobby and less that all-encompassing career or job that they envisioned it might be. I think Adam Neal falls into this category, but as we'll hear, he followed his passion into university to study an area he was particularly interested in. And then when he got there, realized it probably wasn't all it was cracked up to be as a job. Adam doesn't go into massive amounts of detail about his career during this interview, so I want to fill in some of the gaps to begin with. He has worked in three different institutions across the UK in the sector of higher education, working in a variety of different roles in the support services sector. Some of these roles were very, very general. He would do various tasks across the whole university, helping support students, while others have been more specific. And the role he's in now is specifically in the area of well-being and supporting the mental health services. Adam is someone who, as you will hear, is very passionate about what he does. He believes in it very strongly. And it's interesting to hear that distinction between what he studied being I suppose, a hobby, and finding a career that he was equally as passionate about. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. My name is Adam and I study tourism management at the University of Sunderland um, and at the minute uh, my job role is student well-being advisor uh, and I work in Liverpool. Adam, talk us through that transition, what it was like going to university to study tourism and then actually deciding you want to work in higher education and then eventually starting to specialise and focus on the area of well-being within higher education. Um, so when I was a student, uh, money was quite an issue, as it is for many students. So I had to seek for part-time work. So I used to work at a, as a student ambassador, um, helping out with recruitment activities and open days and that sort of thing. Um, and then a, a part-time post at the university support services came up. Um, so I was part-time for my second year and my third year. And then when I finished my degree, uh, it just happened to be a full-time post that, uh, in my team at the time in the support service came up. Um, so I applied for the full-time role. It was uh, decent money at the time, um, and that kind of uh, was, you know, kind of fit in with my love for education and kind of supporting students. So uh, I really enjoyed my job at the time, um, and since then I've been continuing to pursue my uh, career within education, and that's led me into to well-being because I realised that I have other skills that I can kind of utilise and develop. Um, so that's kind of led me to where I am now. Why did you originally want to do a degree in tourism? So uh, if I go back to secondary school, go back to college, um, one of my strongest subjects was um, it was leisure and tourism. And then that led me on to travel and tourism. And uh, my grades were always significantly higher in those than they were in any other one. Um, And personally, uh, I've got a huge passion for travel. Uh, traveling around the world, traveling around, you know, England at the minute and traveling around Ireland when I lived there. Um, So it just felt like the right match. And then, you know, when I did my degree, uh, that kind of taught me about the academic side of things, you know. So it just seemed right at the time and I got a lot from it. When you finished your degree and then you start working in this job in support services, 
was there a point where you decided you weren't going to follow the tourism route or was it something that just happened as things developed it, it was in my mind for quite a few years I'd say maybe four or five years after I graduated um, and I had you know some of my, my peers that were on my course and they were working in travel agents and so on um, but a lot of them were on significantly less money than I was in terms of salary um, and a lot of them didn't enjoy their jobs because it was a lot it was very sales orientated and you know they had very high targets that they, they, they had to meet and I was in a job within education that I loved. I loved the people that I work with. I loved the, you know, the skills that I was creating from it. So I felt more comfortable, um, you know, staying in the in the area that I was in at the time. And then it's just continued to remain that way because I feel like my heart fits nicely in it. Adam, can you talk us through why working in education became a passion for you? How did you end up in this sort of seemingly random job, and then? realizing this is something I really uh, not only enjoy doing but feel very passionate about um so if I look at my own set kind of uh, student journey um I developed incredibly much so whenever whenever I was a student in terms of um you know personally and professionally and it kind of opened my eyes to the power of education and I thought wow this is an amazing um you know it's an amazing industry to work in um so I felt like and I, I kind of was like how can I put it? Um, I continued to be an ambassador for education and I, I wanted to, to help empower students throughout the journey that I've been in. Um, and it, it just felt like I was developing quite nicely and it just felt it felt like a nice fit for me. Um, so I thought, yeah, I just want to pursue with it, really. I think that makes a lot of sense because so many people kind of almost seemingly randomly find themselves in jobs that they don't know much about when they go into it and then they end up really liking them and ending up you know pursuing a career in that so that bit of it to me makes a lot of sense but going along that timeline of your experience was there any particular point where things changed and you said actually this is a a career i want to kind of vigorously pursue or was it a gradual thing over time I'd say it was definitely gradual. I think maybe it was uh, a sense of being comfortable in my role at the time, you know, because um, I, I, I was quite good at it, I'd say, and I quite enjoyed it a lot. Um, so I felt like maybe because I'd been in it for, I was in that job for five years before I uh, relocated. So I, maybe I felt like if I was to go into a completely new industry, uh, it might have been a bit outside my comfort zone. Uh, whereas I enjoyed education, I enjoyed the vibe, I enjoyed working for, you know, very highly established institutions. So maybe I felt it was more of a comfort zone as well as kind of a, a career that I can see myself in. I think it makes a lot of sense as well when you talk about the fact that you started this career in education because education itself had such an impact in you as a person. And I wonder what bits of the day to day work did you kind of really enjoy doing? that led you to be so passionate about doing this kind of work? I guess one of, one of my favourite things about the jobs that I've worked in education is seeing students succeed, uh, you know, seeing them from the beginning stages to the end. 
Um, and especially whenever you, you know, I used to provide students with their degree certificates and I used to uh, be at the graduation and see them, um, you know, get to that stage. So for me, it was just being part of such an, uh, an incredible opportunity of being part of the student journey. Uh, and I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So I feel like it's very like the jobs that I'm in at the minute and I have been for quite a while. It's very closely linked with my heart. And I feel like following my heart in life has always done me well. So I feel like I will continue to do so. And that's what education has given to me. For those who might not know what it's like working in higher education on a day-to-day basis, can you talk us through what your average day would look like? Yeah, so I think one of the joys of my job is it's very varied in terms of uh, there's plenty of student-facing, um, there's plenty of uh, administration, so you're developing lots of different skills in terms of that. Um, a lot of it can be quite corporate in terms of your uh, you know, attending all these, you know, quite formal meetings. Um, a lot of it can be, uh, you know, meeting new people. So, you, you know, there'd be days where you could be doing uh, an induction talk for 200, 300 students. Uh, there's other days where you're having meetings with deans of faculties and, you know, faculty registrars, you know, quite quite um, high up people. So um, in terms of meeting people as well and, you know, looking at all the very tasks that we have to do on a daily basis, you know, it's not like I'm doing the same thing from nine to five every day. It's quite off, quite often the opposite of that. So I quite like the flexibility and the, I guess, the, um, the, the dynamics of my role, really. And when you're supporting students, what kind of work is that? So if I think about this, the, the, kind of the range of support that I've offered from students. So, you know, when I first started supporting students, it could be anything from giving them directions to different rooms. It could be printing off a letter for them. Um, but throughout the years, I've realized that it's kind of the well-being and uh, mental health side that is kind of where one of some of my strengths and some of my passion is. So at the minute, I'm, I'm kind of supporting our mental health services and making sure that students get early intervention and making sure that, you know, they get all the specialist support that they need. Um, so at the minute, it's kind of going down the mental health and well-being um, support that students require. But saying that, you know, it's never, you know, the same question every day. So you re- you're arranging with a range of different inquiries every single day. And I think that is what, what I really enjoy is you can be thrown any question at any time. Um, and I feel like as years go by, I'm more than more prepared for whatever question comes my way. So you finished your degree initially about 11 years ago and you didn't consider any kind of postgraduate study you went into straight into work but now 11 years on you're actually doing a postgraduate not related to the area you studied 11 years ago but to your work now to help you forward a career in that area yeah that's right so at the minute i'm doing my postgraduate in uh, person-centered counseling and therapeutic and therapy sorry um, which fits very nicely into my current role because it's very well-being and mental health orientated. So yeah, that, that's, you know, I never really considered postgraduate study uh, after I graduated. Uh, for me, it was just straight into work, you know, whatever you can get money in. Because um, I guess there is something in the back of your mind saying, yeah, I'm worrying about debt. But um, and now I'm in a position where I am doing my postgraduate and I'm developing on the skills that I wouldn't even have known that I had when I graduated. Um, I guess it just took a few years and a bit of maturity to realise uh, what what my opportunities were going to be. If we were to go back to the day you graduated 11 years ago, would you have been able to see yourself doing what you're doing now in the job you're doing now and pursuing a postgraduate qualification in that particular area? 
No, not at all. It's it came. It, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but yeah, if it was me ten years ago, I wouldn't have had a clue what I was going to do. So looking back now, I was like, yeah, it's been quite a journey. There's been uh, quite a few directions that it could have went, but I feel like I've definitely chosen the right route. Yeah. If you don't mind, Adam, just telling us what were what were some of the other routes you considered pursuing. I remember I maybe had a tough day in work or whatever it was, and I was uh, searching to be a, a, car, a car driving instructor. Um, so that was one option. <laughs> yeah, so I looked into that. I also looked at uh, trying to find a job where I can work outside. Um, so that was working for the National Trust, where I would have been planting trees and kind of doing tours with uh, old folk around all the lovely places. And what were your reasons for sticking with the career path in education rather than changing gear? It's it's things like September, for example, whenever it's a new intake for students and it's freshers uh, and there's a completely, you know, exciting vibe um, about every institution at that time of year. And every time that comes, it gives you a, a very, very extreme reminder of why you're here because it's a buzz that... I've never felt in any other job or any other area of life. Um, and it reminds me of how much I love my job and how much I love the students that I work with. So I feel like every year I get that massive reminder of why I'm in it and, you know, what it's all about. And for anyone who's listening now who might be trying to figure out what they're going to do after university, is there any kind of advice you would give to help them figure that out? Well, I think what's worked what's worked for me my whole life really is having an open mind. Um, if I was in a position where I had to start looking for jobs within the industry that I got my undergraduate in, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, so what I did do whenever I graduated was just reevaluate, look at what was in my life at the minute that I could utilize, and that was the part time job that I was in. So just by seeing the opportunity of going full-time, that has kind of opened my life into the direction that I'm in at the minute. But if some people are adamant that they want to remain within their industry, um, there's nothing wrong with that. But in, in the current you know times where opportunities like that can be a challenge, I'd say having an open mind and taking maybe a little side direction, I don't see any harm in that. Because at least a lot of it can be trial and error. If you're in a job where you don't like it, try something else um so i feel like an open an open mind is kind of the key for that i think no i think you're absolutely right and just just as a side note because when you left sunderland you were moving to manchester and the job in sunderland would have been your first job in education so that would have seemed like a opportunity perhaps to move directions or at least to consider moving directions to a different area so was that something you considered or how did you approach that move down to Manchester so yeah when I was thinking of relocating I solely stuck with education Um, and what I did was I met with the the career service at the University of Sunderland and rather than look at different industries um, the careers advisor at the time said why not look at the skills that you have and the skills you'd be willing to uh, to utilize so I had a few appointments with her and she went through all the different things that you might like about a job what things you might not like or things that you might push yourself in order to work towards so I remember those little activities that I did was so useful because it helped me kind of refine um, the sort of roles I was looking for um, and then that helped me kind of find the direction that I ended up in, 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 in at that time so it was very useful 
Is there anything you know now with your kind of years of experience after graduation that you wish you had known all those years back? Like, you know, I do a lot of students in this case too, Came where so many people worry about what's going to happen next. I was lucky that I had that backup of part-time work. A lot of students don't have that. I don't know if the, if that would be, I don't know what your target market is, but if you were dealing with maybe first year, second year students that do have a bit of access time to have part-time work. Well, this, the aim of this podcast really is for people who are either just about to finish or who have finished a degree and they are for whatever reason looking for a sort of career move. Um, but I absolutely take the point that, and I think it's something that most higher education institutions do try to push out to their students who are first years and second years, which is that the, which is I think kind of what you're trying to get at here is that the the part-time worker that work experience can be so so valuable to help you move forward, probably more so than you, than you realize at the time, um, because you're learning skills and, and you're helping yourself develop as uh, as well as you know earning some money to keep yourself afloat uh, and that is obviously something that happened with you first being a student ambassador and then working in student services and kind of developing a career almost out of the start of your part-time work so i, I take that uh, i think that's kind of what you were trying to say there just moving the conversation on a bit thinking about the support you got when you finished was there anyone in particular who you got support from with regards developing a career in your own personal life um again that's a good question um a lot of that would have been peers and friends at the time um i say them because not so much family because i was the first person in my family to go into higher education so you know, I could, I could always tell them about how my experiences were and how I was getting on with my course, but I couldn't really ask them for advice in terms of what to do next because they have they've, they've had very different walks of life than I have. So I felt like learning from uh, colleagues that I worked with at the time, speaking to, you know, peers that were on my course that have just recently graduated and friends that I've met on different courses along my student journey, they were kind of my main support networks in terms of, you know, kind of talking through any worries or any anxieties that I had about what's going to happen next with my career. You know, how do I start my career? All these, you know, big questions. I felt like, you know, those support networks were key in that because a lot of us were, you know, very much in the same situation, you know, worrying about what's going to happen next. But, you know, as time went by, certain people did come across opportunities and uh, some people hit barriers. And we, by, by talking about those sort of things helped us try and find our own little direction and get us, get us through into what we wanted to do. Did any of your friends give you particularly good advice? Do you know what? Alison... I remember she said something to me a very long time, which was quite interesting. Um, so my old manager, when I used to work in the university, she always said to me, try never to compare yourself with others. Some people will get a bit of comfort out of it when there's people that are not doing so well um, compared to you. But there's also the other end of the spectrum where there's people that are doing you know, incredibly well in their uh, in their careers and they're earning an absolute fortune. But it doesn't matter what you compare yourself with. It's not going to do yourself any favours. You are in control of your own life and it, it's you that has to make those decisions and make whatever is best for you.
that was Adam O'Neill talking about his experience of studying a degree in hospitality and tourism before moving on to the area of higher education and carving a career in the sector of student support and well-being. What I really like about Adam's story is how he follows his passion, how he decided he was going to go to university to study something he loved and something he was good at. And then when he realized that maybe the area he was interested in wasn't all it was cracked up to be as a job, he managed to find another love and carved a career that way. Earlier on in the episode, Adam brought up the fact that he didn't feel like he could speak to his family about his career because none of them had been to university. I promise you, Adam won't be the first first-generation graduate to feel like they can't speak to their family about their career. And he definitely won't be the last. Reflecting on that after, I just thought it was a good opportunity to bring up something and to remind people listening of something which, for a lot of you, you will know already, but for some of you, you might be hearing for the first time. Not all graduates graduate equally. I don't mean that as some commentary about their different university standards or the grades that they got. I'm talking about bigger issues. There are social, political, personal issues at play, and I am not qualified enough, nor am I smart enough to speak on each of those issues. But I just wanted to remind, and as I said, perhaps even to tell you for the first time about this in case anyone is struggling after finishing their degree. Not knowing what you're going to do next can be extremely stressful, and some people have easier transitions than others. So I just wanted to remind you, if you're finding transition from university hard, I promise you, you're not the only one. There was a reason I started this podcast. And if for nothing else, I just want to remind you to be kind to yourself. Anyway, I'm Kino Sullivan, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.